right, glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. We have really, really, really good news on a story that we have discussed, talked about for many years now on this program. Give you a hint. Has to do with our brave men and women that go fight, risk their lives in wars that we send them to, that we start, politicize, and then say, never mind about, which has to end. Um, and some of those that, you know, we have the insane rules of engagement under Obama. I mean, they were insane. Then we asked these guys to make split second decisions, not even in the fog of war, in the middle of war. And then we want to prosecute them if if they made a split decision and maybe we get to sit back in the comforts of our air conditioned offices and, you know, decide whether or not they made the right decision or not. Anyway, I'm going to give you the uh, the details of the good news coming up uh, in the course of the program today. Don Jr. on today. I uh, love his new book. It's called Triggered. How the left thrives on hate. It's all true. Wants to silence us. That's all true, too. Um, the left is freaking out. I told you this on Friday, and it's just the beginning. You've got a new poll. Even the fake New York Times has commentators and liberals on on Twitter. You know, by the way, they live in this this artificial bubble. They all just talk to themselves. The mob and the media, they talk to themselves. They retweet themselves. They try and outdo each other. And they live in a they're not living in the in the rest of the country. I can tell you that. It was great being in Chicago and Detroit over the weekend. I am I am giving you my observation. People are pissed off. They see this for what it is. They see this as just another witch hunt, another effort to undo an election and another effort to bludgeon the president. We elected. He keeps doing his job and we keep breaking record after record after record. And he keeps promise after promise after promise. And what do they do? Nothing. They had all they have done is this garbage for the last three years and they do nothing for we, the American people. Are we better off than we were three years ago? We're now 364 days away from the election. 364 days till Election Day. And we will count it down each and every day here on this program. And this is going to define the future of this country. You know, I, I, I've got this Elizabeth Warren. We now have her $52 trillion 10-year Medicare for all plan. Claims no taxes on the middle class will pay for this. We're just going to know we're going to have an extra. We have a, a, a wealth tax. That's after you paid your taxes. If you're stupid enough to save any money and they have the wealth tax, they come back for another bite at the apple. Let me tell you what that really is. That's called legalized stealing because you paid your taxes. Live in New York. You paid just 65 cents of every dollar. State, local, federal, city. I mean, it never ends. My accountant, don't die in New York. I'm like, okay, I'll try. Why? Because they'll get another 13% on top of the 40% in a death tax. You paid to die in America. They come back and, and legalize stealing on that side of the equation. What do you mean? Stealing is a harsh word, Mr. Hannity. Well, that's what it is. That's we now. Well, you, you, you made too much money. You saved too much money. Now we're going to legalize taking it from you. After you already paid all your taxes. And then, so you got fifty-two trillion in ten years. We only take in four trillion. That's forty. We're shy twelve trillion to start. Then you add the ninety-six trillion for the new Green Deal madness. 
Yeah, okay, that, that, uh, that's all going to work out just fine. Keep your doctor plan and save money. 37% of Americans have one exchange option. That's it. Millions lose their doctors. Millions lose their plans. We didn't save $2,500 per average per family per year. Nope. On a, pay 174% more in terms of the amount of money for health care. Great job. Anyway, New York Times Siena College poll shows Trump in a dead heat in battleground states matched up against the three leading Democratic candidates, Biden, Sanders and Warren. And I always say and I believe Trump doesn't poll well. I don't know what's up with the Fox poll. I look at their poll. I'm like, OK, you're sampling oversampling Democrats by eight points. I'm like, OK, I mean, it's some outside company they hire. I'm like, OK. They need the new methodology because it's really wrong. Uh, we've got the panelists on Meet the Press. They were crestfallen yesterday when you have Chucky e. Todd. Oh, it, it, these shows are unwatchable. You know, it used to be Brinkley and and Tim Russert. I mean, these shows had gravitas and they had audiences. Nobody watches any of these show, Sunday shows anymore. Anyway, Chucky e. Todd featuring... Uh, Ran a feature on early primary state voters. Oh, they don't care about impeachment. We went out and tried to find some voters, guys, to talk about impeachment. We had to bring it up to them. Here's what they told us. And I think it's a waste of time. There are a bunch of little kids fighting and not accomplishing what the hell they're elected for. And I think uh, we have a system to checks and balances. And the way it should work is that, uh, you know, the House and the Senate should do what is set out in the Constitution. I read the document and it's there was absolutely nothing um, concerning to me from one president to another. It was absolutely appropriate. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, they're not interested. Yeah, people from Minnesota. Bunch of kids fighting, not accomplishing what they are elected for. Well, Trump is. Trump's, he's kept his promise, tax cuts, originalists on the Supreme Court, ending burdensome bureaucracy, new trade deals, Canada, Mexico, Western European allies, Japan, and now he got half a deal with China. He's doing his job. He's building the wall one way or another. He, he got it done. He's getting the money. It's going up as we speak. You can't say the same. What, 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 name one thing these Democrats have done. Nothing except hate Trump, hate Trump, hate Trump, hate Trump. It's all they do. They're not doing a thing. And the American people see it. I'm telling you this weekend, it is palpable, real anger. I get the feeling. I'm Look, I, I look at the president's rallies. I mean, it's like must see TV. You can't you don't want to miss it. He does not give a rip. He's fighting every day and they hate it. But I'll never understand about the Romneys and the McCain's of the world because, you know, though they think they're loved so much. Yeah, I already have that. I saw that, by the way. Fake news, by the way, Linda. OK, boss, just letting you know. Of course, you know, what else? More fake news about me. Happy Monday. I love it. So, um. You know, I, I you, you can see the American people are fed up with this crap and the president's fighting Romney and McCain. Oh, no. They, what do you think they're ever going to like you? The answer is no, they don't like you. And when it came down to loving John McCain, the maverick, when it came time to uh, for a campaign, they bludgeoned him. Racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you know, dirty air, water, kill children. 
Have grandma and grandpa eat cat food and dog food. Then Paul Ryan lookalikes will throw them over cliffs. It's the same crap. Romney? Oh, nicest guy in the world. He, he, he genuinely is a nice guy. He was a nice guy. I don't know what's... I, these guys lose the presidency. They all think they're going to win. Then they lose their minds. Al Gore, Hillary Clinton. McCain was never the same. And, and I don't know what's happened to Mitt Romney. The only thing difference between what he was running on and what Donald Trump has done is nothing. The only difference is style. One fights, the other didn't. The nice guy lost. Well, that's who they are. You know, I've concluded there, there will be no reasoning with those that are, to use Donald Trump Jr.'s phrase, triggered. You're not going to be able to convince the, the Trump haters. You're not. And, you know, I've known this instinctively my whole career. It's 31 years in radio. Since I started in radio and it's now my 24th year of Fox, I'm telling you that, that I can't make people like me that hate my guts and they do hate my guts. And there's crap we never tell you about. Linda trying to give me the heads up on the latest crap today. I get crap every hour that people showing me. I've never been to a Washington correspondence there. Why? Well, Fox used to try and make me. And well, I, I know why. Sick. I know why. Why? You won't wear a tux. No, you don't even have to wear a tux, I don't think, do you? But there's a reason I did. Hey, by the way, you want to ensure that I'm not going to your event? Make it black tie. I don't want to go. I have no interest in putting. I don't even want to wear a tie. Wear a tie one hour a day. And I wear jeans in case you're wondering. I'm not wearing. I, they buy me all these suits. I never wear their pants ever. And a few times, like if I'm going to the White House to interview the president, I have to actually find a suit. I can never match the pants you with the coat. Better be careful. You just you don't wear pants. I see fake news coming any second now. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't wear the suit pants, silly. I said I wear jeans. And I'm just, the, you, the only antidote we have is you, I never went because they never, I don't like them and they don't like me. I mean, I'll get along with anybody. Like that stupid, you know, fake news Acosta book that he put out there, just trying to drag me in to sell his crappy book. The book sold 14,000 copies. Levin sold a half a million. I mean, it was a disaster, an unmitigated disaster. Nobody cares what fake news Acosta has to say. Or Humpty Dumpty attacking me. So James put it in the pile. And I'm like, why? Well, really? Like, I'm supposed to care? And I'm like, of course he wants to attack me because their only shot at ratings is to attack me. And even that doesn't work because people see through them, too. There's only one answer. 364 days from now, you go out and you vote and you defeat them at the ballot box. And I mean, you've got to show up. And the feeling I got this weekend when I was in Chicago and Detroit was that people are fed up, pissed off. They see what's going on. They see the inherent injustice. They see people that are obsessed, triggered, out of their minds. You know, the very name of Donald Trump, a MAGA hat, you know, and they lose their mind. Look, Nicholas Sandman is just one example. You know, the president, you know, he knows there's 30 people on the call. What do you think? He's saying, hey, you know, we've had election interference. Your country's involved. We want you to get to the bottom of it. I thought that's what liberals wanted. Now, I'm going to go through this whole issue. You know, our friend Greg Jarrett, he, he, he is Foreign Corruption Practices Act. These are potential Joe Biden crimes that he's bragging about, you know, in his quid pro quo, Joe. Fire the prosecutor. Why does a vice president want to fire a prosecutor in Ukraine? How dumb is that? Well, now we know. You got six hours. You fire him. You get the billion. 
quid pro quo Joe. You don't fire him, you don't get the billion. You don't believe me? Call Barack. He knows I'm, I'm in charge. Well, there might be issues with the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, 15 USC. I'll go into that. Or bribery. Huh. 18 USC 201B. When you read the statute or gratuities, that statute's in play. The Hobbs Act Extortion Act. You know, it's a threat to a foreign official in order to obtain an official benefit affecting interstate foreign commerce would constitute extortion under the Hobbs Act. Well, what is he doing? He's basically using our money, shaking them down. Why? Well, Hunter gave us the answer. Do you know anything about Ukraine? Nope. Anything about oil? Nope. Energy? Nope. Gas? Nope. Why? Any, any experience? No. Well, I was sat on a board at Amtrak once. What experience did he have for that? But uh, why do you think they paid you millions of dollars like Romania, like China? After 10 days after he flies to China, billion dollar deal. No, no, no background with China, no background in private equities. Now, we wouldn't give that to Deutsche Bank or Goldman Sachs or Chase, uh, JP Chase Morgan. No, we, we're just going to give it to Hunter. Why? Because they're buying favor. But everyone in the media, mob, no, there's no evidence of any wrongdoing here. No, whatsoever. No, there's, this is a conspiracy theory. Oh, really? Conspiracy theory. Okay, well, then why didn't I get the million do- millions of dollars? Why didn't you get the millions of dollars? This is the, the only option defeat them at the ballot box in 364 days. My impression, well, if what I saw this weekend is going on across the country, I am telling people are going to be crawling over broken glass in the sleet, mud, snow, rain, whatever to vote. And I hope you keep this understanding of who they are and what they do if they ever got power. God help us. It'll destroy the country. Ninety four trillion new green deal, no oil, gas and everything's free. Fifty two trillion Medicare for all. Okay, the math isn't there. These are false promises. It's a lie. Just like Trump did anything wrong is a lie in Ukraine. Just like the hoax, the conspiracy theories for three years. I love what Willie Brown said. I've known Willie Brown for years. I actually really like him. He's a character. He's funny, smart, quick, good debater. Great guy. And I agree with nothing he stands for. He put out a a column about this impeachment of the Democrats He writes, if the goal was to damage President Trump by formalizing the impeachment inquiry, it's mission unaccomplished for House Democrats. If anything, the vote solidified Trump's hold on power. Zero GOP defections, meaning we have zero drama heading into the public phase of impeachment. By the way, the 90 percent of people that testified behind closed doors in the secret Soviet style witch hunt of the compromised, corrupt, coward and congenital liar shift. Yeah. They uh, yeah, it's not going well behind closed doors. He says, unfortunately, gives the Democrats for them people little reason to be glued to their screens when the House committees take public testimony. Basic story. Trump pressured Ukraine, blah, 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 blah. Then he goes on to say this. So the Democrats will spend the next few precious months acting out a pretend cliffhanger to which everyone actually knows the script and the ending. No plot twist in sight. Remember health care, the issue wo- that won so many elections for Democrats in 2018? You might. 
but they don't seem to. Come next year, Trump will have an impeachment victory and quite possibly a solid economy. And Democrats have what? Nothing. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. The president was on fire. We'll get to some of the comments that he made at his Mississippi rally on Friday night. I mean, he was on fire. Now, tonight he's speaking in Kentucky. Linda, do we have any idea what time it is? I don't know the exact time he's uh, actually speaking tonight. I'm pretty sure it's 7 local, 8 o'clock Eastern, but I'll double check. Is Kentucky on Central Time? It's half and half. Half and half? Half and half. I think so. Don't quote me. Let me look. I don't think so. Let me ask. I might be thinking of Tennessee. I do that sometimes. Anyway, Trisha Hope, remember she wrote the book, Just the Tweets, (laughs) Basically, the president's tweets. I think he tweeted over 11,000. Funny thing is, in in Don Trump Jr.'s new book, Triggered, and he's going to be on at the top of the hour, um, he actually talks about his dad saying maybe he needs to calm down on Twitter, which is hilarious that they're getting too hot. Uh, Tricia, how are you? So you're in Kentucky for the rally tonight. What time is the rally? Maybe you know. It is 7 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, and so the president is down there. The president was in Mississippi this weekend. He was on fire Friday. Uh, yes. So uh, are you at the site where the speech is taking place? Yes, I'm inside the rally now. Uh, the line, They open the doors early and everybody's moving in. It's filling up very quickly. Now, are there a lot more people there than they'll have room for, like I guess every other rally? Absolutely. It's a huge crowd. I mean, huge. <laughs> yeah. Did you get your seat yet or no? Do they have assigned seating or is it like, you know, or I don't I have no idea. I mean, there's an assigned seating like an arena or do you just, you know, fight for the best spot? It's, it's a free for all. Pretty uh, much. You just come in and, and the first person in line, you know, kind of has the best shot. And the gentleman first in line this time got here Friday. Yeah. Anyway, this is in Lexington tonight uh, yeah. and it is 7 p.m. Um, and I'm sure we'll run highlights tonight. Well, listen, uh, we appreciate you checking in with us, Trisha. Hope you have a great time tonight. Tell everyone we said hello. Okay. We'll do. Everybody loves y'all here. Uh, thank you. We love them too. We love our irredeemable, deplorable, smelly Walmart, fellow smelly Walmart shoppers, target shoppers and Costco shoppers. I love all those places. Oh, I was, I, oh, so I came home from, uh, I did Detroit and Chicago. Linda, you'll love the story. I'm trying to, I, I stopped by the local grocery store. I was going to get something to cook and eat and eating healthy, as you know. Anyway, and they just closed and the guy is locking the door and then he recognizes me. And it was like the typical question. What are you doing here? I'm like, I'm starving is what I'm doing here. I'm starving. Nicest guy. Get this. This guy worked 16, he worked 16 hours a day. Two jobs, two full-time jobs, five days a week. He works the overnight shift from 10 at night till 6 in the morning every night. It's called Stop and Shop. It's like Publix. It's like, you know, any of those grocery stores. I don't even know the names of them anymore. And, but, you know, which is a hard job. Working the graveyard shift is brutal. I know my mom did it. I I swear to this day, it took years off her life when she was a prison guard working all those double shifts. And... I mean, the guy was like the biggest Trump supporter out there. He's like, he's the only guy fighting for us, the, the people that work hard for a living. And he's right. People that have benefited the most are the, I always said, forgotten men and women. You know, the, the 13 million more Americans Biden and Obama put in on food stamps, the seven or the eight million more they put in in poverty. Lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. I mean, they have nothing to run on. 
You know, Willie Brown is right, though. I mean, come next year, Trump will have an impeachment victory and quite possibly a solid economy. The Democrats will have uh, what? Question mark. Nothing. He's right. And he said that no one's they're not going to get 20 Republicans the bare minimum to defect and convict Trump in the Senate. I, I don't even think it goes to a trial. It shouldn't go to a trial at this point. Uh, and thankfully, I love this. I, I saw this on FoxNews.com today and I smiled. Headline, House Republicans plan to call Adam Schiff to testify in impeachment inquiry says uh, he is a fact witness, which is all true. That's why I say he is the compromised, corrupt, uh, coward and congenital liar. This guy's lied to the country for three long years. That's all he does is lie. And I'll tell you the other thing. There's a battle now going on and the and the president's like, uh, well, the, the lawyer for the whistleblower, the whistleblower is not a whistleblower. It's a non-whistleblower whistleblower. It's a hearsay whistleblower. They, they had no direct information on their own. That doesn't make you a whistleblower. It makes you a leaker. There's a huge difference. Now the threat goes out from the lawyer for the non-whistleblower. Everyone knows the identity of the person. I just haven't confirmed it exactly myself. Or else I'd give you the name. I don't care. No threat from any lawyer is going to stop me. But the point is, the, the, the they he's okay. The whistleblower, non-whistleblower, hearsay whistleblower will respond to written questions. Uh, Jim Jordan said, yeah, no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. You know, they, we now know the judge, jury, ed, ed, you know, executioner. One of the dumbest things they've ever done is put that corrupt, congenital, liar, compromised, fact witness, shift in charge of all of this. Because people can see what he's been lying for three years. And the Democrats, they're living in like this Alice in Wonderland, their alternative universe. You got the, you know compromised, corrupt, coward, congenital liar, shifts whistleblower. Now he doesn't want to bring the whistleblower in. Why? Because there was contact with his office. And we'd actually have to get the details of it. That's why I love Republicans are going to subpoena. Good. The compromise shift. They should. So the, the, you know, the non-whistleblower here say whistleblower. This is what somebody else told me. Like They're making a big deal about everyone's interpretation of the Ukraine phone call. The Ukraine folk, you know, and it's worth going over this. And I'm just telling you, this is important stuff here. Because if if you look at its surface, what is going on here is so absolutely sick, ugly, and twisted. Nobody seems to understand how bad this is going to turn out for the corrupt Democrats. It's not going to go well for them at all. I can see the backlash and the polls are now beginning to show it. And that's what Chuck Todd was, you know, facing that reality over the weekend also. Because when you get to the bottom of it, it all comes down to the transcript. It's all about the transcript. Byron York points out the smoking gun transcript. Okay, it's a smoking gun. You're right. Byron York is right. A smoking gun transcript. Okay, what's on the smoking gun? The president saying we now know that, in fact, that Ukraine interfered in the 2016 election. He's congratulating the new president of Ukraine, and he's saying, hey, 
For three years, my country's been through this because your country's up to its eyeballs in this stuff, and we want you to cooperate. We have a cooperation agreement anyway. He didn't say that, but I need you to do me a favor. Get to the bottom of what your country did in the 2016 election. And he goes off about Hunter Biden. You know, this is what really fries me. Everybody in the mob and the media and their dismissal, they just, ah, that's conspiracy. There's no evidence that they did anything wrong. Uh, yeah, there really is evidence. You know, you got the vice president of the United States at the time in charge of Ukraine, you know, shaking down a foreign country and saying with quid pro quo, if you either fire this prosecutor, or you're not getting the billion dollars. You fire him, you get the billion. You got six hours. You know, believe me, call Obama. And he's bragging about it. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that what they did is a shakedown. That's what you can call. There's no other way to put it. That would be a shakedown. Any other president, you know, Byron York goes in, you know, Democrats drive to remove the president. from The smoke, that call was the smoking gun, Pelosi said. So the president is asking for everything Democrats said they wanted for the last three years. Evidence of any outside interference or collusion. Now, they conveniently ignored the dirty dossier. That's how morally bankrupt and intellectually lazy and compromised and corrupt and hypocritical you have to be as a Democrat. Okay, so the call was the smoking gun, the president asking them to get to the bottom of a foreign foreign country, their country, influencing our elections, which the Politico wrote about, and a court decision in Ukraine confirmed there was outside election interference to help Hillary Clinton. The smoking gun, the president is doing his job and faithfully executing the laws of the land. As the president said, it was a perfect call. Well, I hear the call is the president's doing his job, getting to the bottom of outside election interference, which they were involved in. Now, maybe, and we'll get into this in more detail on Hannity tonight. Okay, is there any potential crimes as it relates to Joe Biden bragging about leveraging and shaking down with a billion taxpayer dollars? Yeah, there actually is. Greg Jarrett identified four. One, Foreign Corruption Practices Act, 15 U.S.C. 7 DD-1. Passed in 1977, later amended, criminalizing foreign bribery. It's illegal for a U.S. person to coerce or influence through bribery or extortion a foreign nation into taking action that might financially benefit that person, his family, or business. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. He wants the prosecutor fired, so his non-experienced in energy anything or Ukraine anything son can make millions. That seems to fit. That would be so if it can be shown that Joe Biden used his public office. I gave him six hours. You get the billion if you fire him to influence or coerce a foreign official. Yeah. Ukraine into taking official action that benefited Biden's son. That would be a crime. Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Now. Okay, so what is the intent? The intent is obvious. Now, the defense, they'd have to demonstrate that his intent had nothing to do with Ukraine's investigation into his son's company getting paid for nothing, for no experience. The fired prosecutors on record with, let's see, Washington Post, ABC News, stating that Biden's threat to withhold a billion 
was motivated by related to his investigation into his son and Burisma Holdings. Now, also, Greg Jarrett identified bribery, 18 U.S.C. 201B. Whoever corruptly gives, offers or promises anything of value, that would be a billion dollars, to a public official to influence an official act is guilty of bribery. Yeah, that's the, I'm reading from the actual law. The government must show there was a corrupt intent. What's the corrupt intent? To obtain a quid pro quo. Quid pro quo, Joe. You want the billion? Fire the prosecutor so my son's investigation ends. All that had been implied, not explicit or expressed. That, they, that meets the statute, my reading of it. And the gratuity statute, 18 U.S.C. 201C. Giving, offering, or promising anything of value, a billion dollars, to a public official, well, country, Ukraine, in exchange for any official act is a violation of the gratuity statute. Similar to bribery, although it does not require proof of a quid pro quo or corrupt intent. Oh, the standard's a little lower. And you have the Hobbs Act extortion, 18 U.S.C. 1951. Another great Greg Jarrett find. A threat to a foreign official in order to obtain an official benefit affecting interstate or foreign commerce. That would constitute extortion under the Hobbs Act. Well, my reading is guilty, 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 guilty. And he's bragging about it. And they fired the guy and they got the billion. They didn't fire him. He was taking his billion home. Now, the sad part is, and I'll let Greg Jarrett explain this on Hannity tonight, is Hunter Biden's position on the Burisma's board, no experience with Ukraine, oil, energy, or gas, none. Yeah, of course, it's influence peddling, self-dealing. He's benefiting, although proving it is difficult, he points out. Prosecutors would have to show evidence of a scheme or agreement in which Hunter promised to utilize the power of his father's public office to provide protection for Burisma from corrupt investigations and nor prosecutions. Well, they got that anyway, though, didn't they? Because they got they fired the guy. This may have been Burisma's intent by placing Hunter on the board. Uh, I think they were giving him millions for no experience. Yeah, because his last name was Biden. And in the interview, he said, no experience in Ukraine. No oil, gas, energy, no experience. Uh, why do you think you got the millions? I don't know. Do You think it has to do with your father and his last name? And he's the second most powerful elected official in the United States of America. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's, he's admitting it. Hilarious. You know, it's I mean, the sad reality we're discovering is these foreign corporations hire relatives of powerful U.S. officials all the time. That's got to stop. They're paying for favor. Influence. So sickening. And the mob and the media. Oh, no, there's no evidence of any possible wrongdoing here whatsoever. No. OK. Why? So now we can elect Elizabeth Warren or or Buddha judge or Bernie. Or sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe 30330. Why? So we can now have, oh, 52 trillion, 10 years spent on Medicare for all. We only take in 4 trillion a year. And another 94 trillion on the new Green Deal. No more oil, gas, combustion engine, cows, planes, and everything in life is going to be free, 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 free. It's so sick. You see why 364 days from now is important? Everything's riding on it. We must defeat them at the polls. 
Can't reason with him. All reason, common sense, intellectual honesty, he's gone. They're just the biggest, most corrupt hypocrites. Yesterday, the Democrats voted to potentially nullify the votes of 63 million Americans disgracing themselves and bringing shame upon the House of Representatives. They've been plotting to overthrow the election since the moment I won, but the people here that are highly sophisticated know long before I won. 19 minutes after I took the oath of office, the horrible newspaper, fake, 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 Washington Post, declared the campaign to impeach President Trump has just begun. At least they gave us 19 minutes. Yesterday's vote by the radical Democrats is an attack on democracy itself. But I'll tell you, the Republicans are really strong. The strongest I've ever seen them. The most unified I've ever seen them. The American people are fed up with Democrat lies, hoaxes, and extremism. The Democrats' outrageous conduct has created an angry majority that will vote many do-nothing Democrats out of office in 2020. Make no mistake, they are coming after the Republican Party and me because I'm fighting for you. They don't like it. This is different. They've never had anything like this. Well, they've never had an election like 2016 either, have they? They've never had. They've never quite figured it out. And they know they can't win. So let's try and impeach them. How about that crazy representative, Al Green, right? You know? We got to impeach him because we can't beat him. I don't think so, right? I don't think so. Al Green, he's another beauty. He's another beauty. A great rally on Friday. That was in the great state of Mississippi. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You know, I love what the president is saying, especially on Ukraine. And, and we got into this in the last hour. Read the transcript. What do you know? What do we know? We know Ukraine interfered in the 2016 elections. We know they did it to benefit Hillary. We know a court decision confirms such in Ukraine. We know Ukraine leaders offering us all the evidence we want. We know Politico wrote about it January 11, 2017, and that they were effective. It's like, you know, election interference doesn't matter if you're buying a dirty Russian dossier and leaking it before the election and then you use it as the basis of FISA warrants to spy on the Trump campaign transition and presidency. That's fine in the world of insane liberal Democrats uh, and the mob in the media. Uh, But, you know, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. uh, No, but you're not getting the billion dollars. You're not. You got six hours. You just, you know, fire him, you get the billion. You don't fire him, you don't get the billion. Quid pro quo Joe. Um, And I can only imagine what would happen to any, anybody with the last name Trump if they give an interview. What experience do you have in Ukraine? None. Oil, none. Gas, none. Energy, none. Wow. What what experience do you have? I I was on the Amtrak board once. 
What does that have to do with anything? Same with China. No experience. Ten days after flying there with daddy, one billion Bank of China later becomes a billion five. I haven't gotten a penny from China. But then his lawyer says, yeah, but he has all this equity that he just hasn't cashed in yet, which he will do. And millions of dollars for no experience. The second most powerful guy. And what does the media say? No evidence that he did anything wrong. None whatsoever. He's on tape bragging about a shakedown and literally using a billion taxpayer dollars to do it, to fire the Ukrainian prosecutor. And we now know was investigating his kid. Oh, no, no, no evidence of wrongdoing. None whatsoever. Like, oh, we're living in an a crazy world. Anyway, Don Jr. is with us. He's uh, releasing his new book today. It's called Triggered. Well, that's the perfect title, right? Triggered, how the left thrives on hate and wants to silence us. Um, He has been one of the strongest people out there defending his father day in and day out. He does it fearlessly. Um, Not loved particularly by the left. Uh, Don Jr., how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Yourself, Sean? I'm good. You know what I did like about the opening of the book, and I just got my copy over the weekend. You dedicated the book to the smelly Walmart people, irredeemable deplorables, uh, those that cling to their gods, their guns, their Bibles and religion. Those of us that are bitter Americans, as Obama said. But you dedicated the book to the deplorables. Explain. Yes. Uh, listen, I, I think they deserve it. Uh, you know, throughout all of the crap, all of the travails that we've gone through, through, you know, the Mueller hoax, the impeachment, not just the one you know that they're talking about now, but when it started on November 9th, 2016, you know, those are the people that not once did they waver, not once did they buy into it, not once did they doubt my father. Uh, you know, they all recognize he's the last guy in the world that needed this job, but he's doing it and he's doing it well, despite unprecedented incoming, Sean. And so, you know, honestly, it was those people uh, who he did it for, uh, who he's running for. It's those people who, you know, motivates me to go out there and fight, you know, those people and my kids uh, and their future. Uh, you know, that's my motivation for doing all these things. So I figured if uh, if someone deserves the dedication, uh, it is them because they've been there. I believe they will continue to be there. Uh, if they know what's good for them in their future, they will continue to be there. But I think they get that, uh, you know, tongue in cheek aside. Um, uh, you know, I got to tell you, anecdotally, you know, they the shout out. I was I was in Chicago and Detroit over the weekend giving speeches and and going to some of my radio affiliates and meeting a lot of people. I will tell you that the anger is palpable and I can see it. We're now 364 days away from, I think, the tipping point election in terms of uh, the, the future of this country. There's such a stark difference in terms of what they would do and how they would. I, I mean, the new Green Deal alone, Elizabeth Warren's $52 trillion 10-year Medicare for All program. You know, we bro- only take in $4 trillion a year, Don. $5 trillion a year. It's basically 90% of U.S. government. No, it's more. I mean, like it's more. We wouldn't take in that with 52 trillion in 10 years. That's the problem. And then 94 trillion on the new Green Deal. It's uh, it's nuts, Sean. There's no rhyme or reason to it. But you're right. I mean, the left is motivated by hatred, not logic, not facts, because facts, that's like leftist kryptonite, right? They they don't work. Uh, But hatred is a big motivator. So what we need to do is make sure that. You know, our guys turn out that reasonable people in the middle see what's going on, that they recognize that whether it's the Mueller hoax, whether it's the new impeachment hoax, uh, you know, it's like what they tried to do to me with Mueller. You know, I take an unsolicited phone call 
And I spent 30 hours, millions of dollars, 30 hours testifying in front of Congress. Hillary Clinton literally pays foreign agents to go amass and compile a fake news dossier, gives it to the FBI, who then leak it to the media, who then use that story as a justification to start an investigation of a sitting president to try to nullify the results of the 2016 election in, in a coup, that's no problem. But, but literally taking an unsolicited phone call is. I mean, that is the sickness. That is the hypocrisy that we were up against, Sean. I mean, I cover this really extensively in the book, and it's you know, the sort of the first time I've been able to uh, speak about it in long form. But people have to recognize you know, that is the lunacy uh, over the left. And in, in places like that, if you're in Chicago or some of these places, obviously leftist strongholds, but you know, even in reasonable middle America, Sean, where there is a strong, you know, Democrat presence, or there has been at least historically, you know, the blue collar Democrat towns and, and union workers. I, I asked those guys, cause the history and tradition of voting that way is important. I go, you know, what would your grandfather think about, you know, you got into this, your grandfather voted Democrat, your father voted Democrat. What would your grandfather or father think about two days? Two days, Democrat. You know, I, I, I'm going to look at, you know what and the greatest example, though? You're right. They, like, these people have lost their minds, Sean. The greatest example of how appropriate the title of this book is triggered. By the way, it's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, now in bookstores everywhere, uh, just out today. You know what the amazing thing, Don, is, though? Is look at what they did to 16-year-old kid Nicholas Sandman. Now, in the end, because oh, yeah. he's not a public figure like us, they but they basically can say anything they want about people like you and me, and we have no recourse. They, I mean, libel yeah, laws are such. Actually, use in the book. You know, if they are if they are willing to destroy a fifteen-year-old kid's life, he did nothing. He did nothing wrong. Everyone acknowledges that now. That didn't stop them from. Hey, he was a white Southern male who happens to be Christian and wearing a MAGA hat. That was like the holy grail of leftists. Like, we got to cancel this guy. This guy can't have an opinion. He can't have a voice. He must be every ist, you know, in the book. Uh, and we got to destroy him. But think about that. If the left and the mainstream media would destroy willingly, knowingly, a 15-year-old kid's life, his future, based on no evidence, no fact, no nothing, who who won't they destroy? It was just the I, listen. I don't think I don't think you or I are capable of handling it as well as that sixteen year old kid did. First, he has to go through the black Hebrew Israelites, you know, using racial comments yeah. and and taunting these young kids. Then then this narrative goes out. Then you have the the Nathan Phillips, the Native American activist. Uh, un, unfortunately, they they got a ten second snippet. And then they built this whole narrative that none of which was true because it was Nathan Phillips that went up to and got right in the face of Nicholas Sandman banging that drum. And why? Because oh, well, he had a ma- you know, he had a MAGA hat on, Don, a MAGA hat. Well, because it was it was every, you know, he had a combat vet, Native American. Oh, this guy's perfect. You know, they didn't you know bother to check that he's not. Uh, you know, my, minor details, because, again, it was too good for it to be true. It was, oh, we have to run with it. But, again, if they could destroy that kid's life, who won't they destroy if you don't buy in entirely to their nonsense? Uh, look at what they did. Well, you know, just look at Kavanaugh. I mean, a guy that, you know, the only thing I'd heard about Kavanaugh before, that I'd seen pictures of him in soup kitchens every weekend for the last 10 years, you know, serving food to people and, and the less fortunate. You know, they would take him. 
destroy his career, but more importantly, destroy his children, destroy his family, destroy anything, anything that stands in the way because they believe that he'd be a threat to their leftist values. I mean, that's how these people fight, Sean. You know, Trump, there's two, but there's two as- aspects to this. Times who's actually fought back against this stuff, and it's why we're actually finally winning and hopefully creating a new class of Republicans who have the guts to actually stand up with, for what they believe and not just pretend that they do in stump speech and then turn the other cheek and get steamrolled uh, like we've done for the last 50 years. Uh, you know, I think their hatred uh, is bringing out uh, you know those in the Republican Party and creating stars in the Republican Party because they're actually willing to fight back against. That hatred, uh, you know, that's an important thing because if we just take this lightly, if we just sit back, oh, it's not a big, it's over, Sean. Uh, I don't think that's an overstatement either, and I don't think it's hyperbole. I, there's that much at stake, and and I just mentioned two things. I mean, you add a wealth tax and Medicare for all, fifty-two trillion, and the New Green Deal, and and eliminating the lifeblood of our economy, oil and gas, and the combustion engine, and everything's free. It is, it is, it is so beyond unsustainable and so spectacularly dangerous it is it's remarkable that the mob and the media they don't they have no there's no critical analysis ever um one no, thing in the book well, that the i did critical analysis only goes one way Sean. the real you know elizabeth warren 52 trillion dollars over 10 years the new plan but think about that she goes it won't raise any then a penny to the middle class she goes we're going to take it all from billionaires well there's 600 billionaires Okay, 600 in America. If you took, take 1 billion from each of them, because, you know, a couple of them were 3 or 4 billion, maybe they could take one. You know, some may only be worth a billion, so you'd probably take all of their money. But take a billion dollars from each of them. It it covers 1% of her plan. So if you cover 1% of the plan by taking $1 billion from every billionaire in America, it doesn't exactly seem fair, but, uh, you know, minor details if you're a leftist, uh, how do you pay for the other 99% of the plan? You destroy the economy, you create debt and an interest load that is not sustainable for the future. These leftists are playing with our children's futures, their livelihoods, our grandchildren's futures and their livelihoods by making unrealistic promises because it's really easy to be Santa Claus and pretend that everything's free and everything will pay for itself. Green New Deal, it's $93 trillion. It's going to pay for itself. How? That's, you can't ask that question. That's terrible. There's no one that can justify these things. But because this is 150 trillion of the leftist party in 10 years. I got to take a break, though. Stay there. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. with us. He's just released right now. um, Triggered how the left thrives on hate and wants to silence us. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. And uh, we'll come back. He's going to stay with us for another segment on the other side of the half hour at the news after the bottom, after the news at the bottom of the hour. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800 941 Sean, toll free uh, telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Donald Trump Jr. with us, just releasing his first interview. Uh, his brand new book, it's called Triggered How the Left Thrives on Hate and Wants to Silence Us. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Well, uh, there was one anecdote that I really enjoyed you telling in the book, which is about your dad. And it's pretty funny that, you know, as you said, the tweeter in chief, the so-called Shakespeare of 140 characters told you that you're getting a little bit too hot on your social media accounts. 
And I kind of chuckled when I heard that um, because, uh, yeah, I think your dad gets a little hot on there also. Yeah, listen, I think we found out some things are genetic and some things you can't exactly yeah. turn off. But uh, that, that was the one that was the one phone call I got. John, it's like, uh, you know, Don, I think, you know, you're getting a little aggressive on there. Like, wait a minute. Like, you? Like, you know, I, I will listen Pot, to you. Pot, kettle. I'll take your advice on business, on life, on just about anything. This is the one place where you may not have, uh, you may not be able to get me on this one. So, uh, it, it, but it was pretty funny. And it was, you know. So here's my observation. The way we are and the way we joke. I think you are mo- most like your dad of all the kids. And I think Eric is, obvi- look, all of you guys are brilliant. You're all successful in your own right. I've known you all for many years because I remember years and years and years ago, long before your dad ever thought about really running for president. If I do an interview with your dad or I saw him at, at Trump Tower, he'd always walk me over to say hi to you, walk me over to say hi to Ivanka and Eric. And, you know, so I got to know you guys over years. But in terms of fighting, battling, being combative, I'd say you're you are as close to him as anybody else. Do you agree with that assessment? I, I think so. And it's sort of funny. I think if you would have asked even, you know, whether it was in business or otherwise, you know, I, I would have probably been the one that they would not have said that about. It was uh, once we got into politics, once you sort of you know back us in the corner and try to attack us uh, viciously for years, uh, you know, that's when we realized that, hey, we, we sort of fight the same way. But we both have that sort of, you know, we're willing to fight back. We don't mind, uh, you know, battle. We, we, we will go uh, we will go at it and we will go at it hard, uh, you know, defending ourselves, defending our family, defending our values. Uh, and, and so, you know, it took us sort of 41 years to realize that we were probably a lot more like each other and a lot closer that way than we would have ever wa- otherwise thought, frankly. And uh, it, it took the hateful uh, Democrats uh, to bring that out of me. So I, I appreciate that from them. You know, I, it was an interesting piece. I don't know if you ever I don't know if you know Willie Brown. I've known Willie Brown for years, uh, former San Francisco mayor. Um, I, did he ever, what was his highest position? I don't even remember. But anyway, Willie Brown, just a, he is a the fun loving guy, smart as hell. And he wrote a, a an article about this impeachment madness of the Democrats And he goes on to say, um, yeah, if your goal was to damage the president by formalizing the impeachment inquiry, okay, mission unaccomplished for House Democrats. If anything, the vote solidified the president's hold on power, zero GOP defections. Maybe one guy in the Senate will be, I guess, Mitt Romney points out. And he said the Democrats, it gives the people little reason to be glued to their screens because it's anticlimactic. And the bottom line is uh, that the American people see this for what it is. They'll spend the next number of of months acting out a pretend cliffhanger to which everyone knows the script and the ending, no plot twists and sights. And uh, you, you, you know, maybe you think this is good for reelection, but he said, come next year, Trump will have an impeachment victory and quite possibly a solid economy. The Democrats will have, and he says, what? And that's a great question because he's rightly saying Democrats have done nothing except hate your father and those yeah. of us that well, like him. And, and he's not exactly a conservative. So, uh, you know, he, I think he's 100 percent right. The reality is this. Look at Nancy Pelosi's desk. She's sitting there with USMCA for nine months. She won't vote on it. She won't bring it to the people because she's focused on this. And, you know, by the way, she's pretending you can't you know, walk and chew gum. I mean, this is something that the Democrats would all fa- you know, overwhelmingly vote in favor of. You could pass it in about five minutes by actually putting it on her desk. That would renegotiate. That has renegotiated NAFTA, which everyone said you could not do. My father did it. He just needs the House to vote on it, and it's done. Okay, But she won't do that. She won't, doesn't want to create jobs for more Americans, obviously, doesn't want to give Trump even a modicum of a win. But instead, they'll, they'll waste time focusing on this, on the opinions 
of those who listened to a call of a transcript that's already been released, Sean. I mean, that's the insanity of this. He's like, there, there is no whistleblower because here's the transcript. Here, here's what it is. And so to do this, you know, all it's all smoke and mirrors where they let Adam Schiff be judge jury and executioner. Not exactly the way it works in the American system, but they're trying to change the rules so that they can pre-vet and pre-screen candidates who will then be the only people who will be allowed to testify in public on this to try to have some sort of optical win. This is insanity. This is kangaroo court stuff. This is Soviet era tactics. Uh, you know, this, this is the stuff I write about in the book about, you know, my mom escaping communism in those systems and, you know, my grandfather and grandmother being from there and me growing up there, uh, seeing that being pulled out of a line because I was wearing a jean jacket with like the stars and stripes on it. Like it, this is that kind of mentality. Um, and it's being pushed out there by the quote unquote, you know, party of tolerance. Uh, they're not so tolerant when you don't agree with them. Uh, they're far from it. Frankly, there's nothing less tolerant than a leftist who's preaching tolerance. Uh, and we've seen all of that. So the whole thing is crazy. And the fact that the media is totally complicit in it, Sean, you know, democracy dies in darkness, except for when we get what we want. Uh, you know, they won't question it. They don't want to know about what's going on. They have no interest in hearing anything other than what Adam Schiff is willing to leak them. They won't question the process or say, is this even remotely fair that the president can't ask questions? They can't have his counsel present. He can't have any. I mean, this is Gestapo tactics used against the duly elected president of the United States to try to overturn an election because they didn't like the results and it's disgusting and if it doesn't tick off even your favorite leftist even people who are you know pretty democrat they should be really upset with this process because if it can happen here it can happen to their guy one day and this shouldn't be going on in the united states of america not now and not ever the best part of willie brown being right is yeah okay trump will have the impeachment victory you know i i think the best Look, the, your, your dad has a lot to run on. He beat the caliphate in Syria, beat them because he took off the rules of engagement, the handcuffs that the military had under Biden, Obama. But then he takes out Baghdadi, his successor, his spokesperson and you, three you, other. You mean uh, the, you mean the austere religious scholar? Sean? Yeah, the austere religious scholar himself. Yes, that guy. And then you look okay. at every economic measure. More importantly, I remember, you know, your dad was talking about. What have you got to lose to minorities in America and record low on Friday, another record low unemployment rate for African-Americans, same with Hispanic Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace. It is he's got. Yes, we're better off than we were four years ago. Yes, I made promises about cutting taxes, ending bureaucracy, building a wall, uh, originalist justices, new trade deals uh, and and not endless wars. If we're going to fight him, we're going to beat the crap out of him. And he did. So then the only other thing, there was an article last week. Well, if you take out Trumpism, Trump would win by a landslide. And I'm like, well, if you take out Trumpism, then you're, you're basically telling him not to be who he is, which got the Sean, success. If you take out Trumpism, you wouldn't have gotten anything because you wouldn't get anything done because you wouldn't be willing to fight back. That's the problem. That's the difference between Trump and so many you know, in the Republican Party for the last few decades, you know, they turn the other cheek and they talk great about their principles. But when they actually are questioned, when they're pushed, you know, by these leftists, they don't actually stand up and fight for them. And that's the difference. You need some of that uh, fight. And I get that not everyone loves it all the time. But if you weren't fighting, you wouldn't get anything done because that's how the other side plays, just like they're willing to destroy. But don't you agree with this? They're willing to. You need everybody. Everybody wants to be liked. I can tell you people in the industry I work in, radio and TV, one of the things I'm most proud of, 24 years now at Fox, 31 years on the radio, I've never, ever been to a White House correspondence dinner. I'm going to tell you why. 
because I don't like them and they don't like me. But there are so many people that want to be a part of of that little bubble club that is known as D.C., yeah. the swamp, the sewer, uh, social 100%. circles in New York. Uh, I'm perfectly Listen, comfortable you know not being is? invited to anything. Sean, that's like Mitt Romney. OK, he can be a conservative, and but he would right now he would rather be loved by the press, the same press that called him a misogynist and a racist and a terrible, the same press that destroyed his campaign. He would rather be loved by them than actually stand for what he believes and, frankly, what his constituents over in Utah stand for and believe in because they've all spoken to me about it. He would rather he thinks that they actually like him. They don't like him. They're just using him as a tool. How does he forget if he ever ran again, which he has no chance for? But if he ever ran again, they destroy him again in a second. And that's the difference between someone who's strong and someone who's weak. Let me ask you, you get personal in the book, which I found interesting. Some stuff I knew, but not that I knew any of you kids ever talked about. You talk about how when your mom and dad got divorced, the relationship with you, uh, Eric, Ivanka got really stronger. And you talk about that you're different people and you've always gotten along very well. Um, what is what was it like to grow up? I mean, you you said wealth, opulence, um, unprecedented. You kind of talk in the book is you kind of wanted to reject that part of that life. Yeah, listen, you know, I, I think there was aspects of it that I, you know, I, I didn't love and didn't like. I mean, obviously, you know, I understood some of the experience were afforded me because of it. And, you know, it, uh, you know, I, I got killed on your show last week uh, in, in the press for, you know, not caveating that I, too, am the son of a rich guy when I was you know, hitting Hunter Biden. Now, I did the week before on the show and there's only so much time you can do. Um, but the reality is I've always had a sort of a, a comfort zone uh, with more regular Americans. It's, you know, whether it's hunting, fishing, competitive shooting, my hobbies always bring me to there. It's sort of that's that's where I am. I was never never was or never wanted to be sort of a fixture on the New York City rubber chicken uh, you know, black tie dinner <laughs> circuit. It wasn't really my thing. And, uh, and I don't think it's your, by the thing way, you want to guarantee so, Hannity's not going to an event, say it's black tie. I'm not going. Exactly. And so you know, I've sort of been that way. And so, you know, again, while I recognize I'm the son of a rich gun from New York city, uh, you know, I think my comfort zone has always been, you know, in middle America, it's where I spend my time. It's where I spend a lot of my vacations It's where most of my friends are. Uh, you know, and so, it's it's sort of an interesting dichotomy, and I think it you know it's been sort of helpful as it relates to politics because you know you can actually relate to real people as opposed to just pretending to relate to them but not having a fundamental understanding. And so you know again one of the topics I sort of cover in the book because it is different. It, you know again, and you, you obviously always get canceled. You're the son of Donald Trump. How can you not? I, I do know that. I, I recognize that. Uh, you know I am who I am and where I am in, in large part because of my father. And all of that, but uh, th- there there are distinctions, and there there's reasoning beyond that. And so, you know, it was cool to be able to kind of cover that in long form uh, in the book because it's not something you can usually get out too easily. So, what was the expectation of your dad? Because, as I understand it, you were sitting in coach in the in the luggage department, and he'd be in first class, or you weren't flying well, around in his right, private jet. My mom, you know, she'd be in first, we'd be in coach, and that was what it was. And you know. It, I think it was an important thing, you know, hard work and dad and, you know, Eastern European mother who escaped communism and, you know, grandparents from there that were blue collar people, that, you know, bringing us up. I mean, one of the big things they instilled in us that was probably lost on, you know, a lot of our peers growing up was, you know, the, really the value of a dollar, having a work ethic. You know, my father, we talk about it a lot in the book, but, you know, he put Eric and I on job sites, on construction sites. We talk about we're the only, you know, probably sons of billionaires who can drive a D10 Caterpillar and run chainsaws because that's what we were doing in our summer jobs. Uh, it wasn't, you know, congratulations, here's your gilded 
into office. Uh, you know, we, we got some of that now, but, you know, we, we did everything up until that point. And we, we started off at the lowest rungs of the company uh, and, and built up. And I, man, I'm, I'm glad for it. Uh, it. It's a big part of my life. It's the way I want to make sure my kids are brought up. Uh, and not to say that they don't have blessings and good fortune and won't be spoiled in their own rights. We just want to make sure you kind of do it in the right way uh, and that they get what life is all about. And it's, you know, and, and that they they go through it the hard way and don't expect everything to be handed to them. And honestly, as part of our culture, and frankly, the book talks, you know, as much about culture as it does about politics, uh, you know, in in a world where. You know, everyone gets a participation trophy and everyone wins no matter what, even if they don't win. It's it, it's a little bit scary and it's getting harder and harder to do. But it's it's a value uh, that was instilled in us at a very young age. And I want to make sure to try to do the same for my kids. Uh, one of the things that I like that you took on in the book is like Bill Crystal and the establishment that failed. Um, you know, I read last week that there, there might be a group of establishment Republicans working with Democrats to field a third party candidate to try and trip up Trump. And in some of the closer purple states just to ensure your dad loses. And, you know, I, I say this about Romney. Romney wanted tax cuts. He wanted to end uh, burdensome bureaucracy. He talked about securing our border. He talked about originalists on the Supreme Court. Um, he talked about all the things that your dad is doing. So it's just stylistic differences. All right. Romney was nice and he lost. They pounded him. They pummeled him. Your dad gets pummeled, but he fights back. And fighting back, I, I would argue the American people are now accustomed to his his uh, his style. Quick, uh, I got thirty right. seconds and in more, a second. More importantly, they see they see the results. I mean, what, you know, again, there, there's not an economic metric where we are not better off today than we were three years ago. And that didn't just magically happen. That's because of politics. That's because he's willing to fight to get those things done. Uh, and, and that shouldn't be lost on people. So no, I right, stay there. I got to take a break. Back. Our final moments, though, with Don Jr. Uh, his new book out today. We just threw it up on Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com and now in bookstores across the country as of today. Triggered how the left thrives on hate, wants to silence us. All right, Don, congrats on your book launch. We'll see you also on Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. All right, triggered how the left thrives on hate and wants to silence us. By the way, Don is going to be in Birmingham this Thursday night. Destin, Florida, the Villages, West Palm on Friday and Houston and Dallas on Saturday. You can go to TriggeredBook.com if you want to join Don in any of those cities. Let me ask you about the power of, of the pardon, which is absolute for a president. One night, I know you were watching my show, and I had the mother of this young sailor who is spending a year in jail because he took six pictures for his own use in a submarine, and you were comparing it. Would that be something early on you would consider? I'm actually looking at Christian it right now. Saucier. I think it's very unfair in light of what's happened with other people. And like, I think it's very, very Did you hear the story of Clint Lawrence, another guy? He got 30 years. He was doing his job protecting his team in yeah. Afghanistan. We're looking at a few, a lot of, those a few of them. And by the way, right. uh, if another event didn't happen, I would look at him. Mm. But how can you have... Somebody else get away with such a tremendous amount, and then this person who takes a picture of his desk on an old submachine. Look, if China or Russia wanted information on that submarine, they've had it for many years. Yeah. That I can tell. And the president did, in fact, step in in the case of Christian Saucy. He had already spent his year in jail, though. But you know what? Justice is justice. Uh, I have some really, really really good news it has been an issue we have followed on this program for a number of years that that interview with the president was in january of 2017 
when the president just got into the White House. And what is really good is that the president now has said action is imminent on the issue, quote, of war crimes cases of Army First Lieutenant Clint Lawrence. We have told you his story over and over and over. This guy takes over for a platoon just weeks earlier had been decimated by these suicide bombers on motorcycles. They lost the platoon leader in that particular case and others injured. And anyway, so he's now just on the job and he sees, yeah, two guys on motorcycles, you know, going past the checkpoint, driving right at him. And he has to make a decision. And he doesn't know. I mean, I love how we second guess guys in the field. We second guess their decision making. It ended up they took these. They ended up having to take these guys out and. This guy gets, you know, what was it, 30 years in jail. It's unbelievable. We're going to sit in the comfort of our air-conditioned office and judge what these guys are doing in the spur of the moment. And we have the rules of engagement issue. It has resulted in a lot of these guys that are innocent, that were doing their job and and fighting wars we asked them to fight. And then we put handcuffs on them and rules of engagement that make no sense. That's how come Trump was able to beat the caliphate in Syria. He took the rules of engagement, got rid of them. This is war. You fight wars to win wars. If you're going to send guys, you don't put handcuffs on them, you know, because then other innocent Americans die. Well, I have in my hand uh, a document, the White House disapproval of the findings and sentence in the general court martial of the United States of America versus Army First Lieutenant Clint Allen Lawrence. And now the president is taking action. He says it's imminent on on the case of Clint Lawrence, Army Green Beret Major Matt Goldstein. And you know about the case of Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher. Now, my friend and colleague, uh, Pete Hegseth, was able to break this story at FoxNews.com with the imminent action on the cases. Three former U.S. military service members accused of war crimes. Our own Linda, what, two months ago or so, went down to Leavenworth. Leavenworth's full of these guys with similar stories. They're fighting for their country. They get accused of war crime. You saw what happened in the case of Eddie Gallagher. That goes to trial. And, and one guy finally stands up and said, actually, I'm the one that did it. I did it. It wasn't Gallagher and all that he had gone through. Now, it doesn't have to be a pardon or a commutation. It could be, you know, that would imply guilt that you've done something wrong and you need to be forgiven for it. The president as commander in chief has a lot of latitude under the Uniform Code of Military Justice to dismiss a case or, or change a sentence. And the president actually says, I, Donald J. Trump, president of the United States, pursuant to the power conferred upon me by Article 2, Section 2, the Constitution, as commander in chief of the armed forces of the United States and under Article 22 and Article 60 of the Uniform Code for Military Justice, rule, rule for court martials 1107 under the laws of the United States, hereby set aside, vacate, disapprove and dismiss with prejudice the charges, findings, and sentence imposed upon First Lieutenant Clint Allen Lawrence, United States Army, for all offenses against the United States, which he, First Lieutenant Clint Allen Lawrence, has committed or may have committed or is alleged to have committed or taken part of during the period between June 28th, 2012 uh, and July 4th, 2012. And this is what, thank God, the president cares about our military. This is a big deal. Anyway, my colleague and friend, Pete Hegseth, uh, and Don Brown is with us. He's the attorney for Clint Lawrence. He's been on the program before. Our buddy Louis Gomert's with us. He's been all over this issue for years fighting for these guys. Uh, a big, big day. Thank you all, all of you. Linda, thank you, too. She went down to Leavenworth, met with Clint Lawrence. 
met with a lot of these guys. Uh, Pete, why don't you give us the news side of it first? Well, listen, Sean, thank you for everything you've done, for what members of Congress have done, other members of the media have done. There's two not many, not many of them. Let's be honest. Not many, not many, but a few. And folks like you who have focused on this issue from the beginning, this does not happen without the constant drumbeat and effort that folks like you have put into it. Linda, others, I could not agree more. But number two, it does not happen unless you have a commander in chief who's truly committed to putting America first. And that means the war fighters that we put into harm's way. This is truly Obama's rules of engagement versus Trump's rules of engagement. And under Obama, you were guilty until presumed innocent. Your hands were tied and you were second guessed from the Pentagon at every mm-hmm. turn. Under President Trump, he's saying we trained you. We sent you. You made a tough call in the fog of war in a split second. And we're going to give you that benefit of doubt. And in doing so, we're going to boost the morale of everybody who would ever want to join the armed forces. Because all you want is a commander that has your back. The president's saying before Veterans Day, I'm, I'm going to look at this case. I'm going to look at Clint, look at Matt Goldstein's, and I'm doing something about it. I'm going to give the rank back. So they're trying to take um, Eddie Gallagher's trident, his Navy SEAL trident away from him, it, all because the administrative state, the deep state of the DOD or, or other rogue prosecutors uh, want want their way and they want to undermine the commander in chief. So this is great news. It's, I, I believe it's going to happen. And I don't think it'll be a pardon for the reasons you said. The commander in chief is in charge of what happens under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. He can dismiss these cases out of hand, and I believe that what will happen, and he'll have an amazing ripple effect Unbelievable. for those who fight our wars. Uh, what a vote of confidence. Uh, Louis Gohmert, God bless you, and by the way, also Lauren, who, uh, well, left because she married Linda's brother <laughs> and had a baby. She went down with you at 11 words. She reps Justice Warriors. Um, these guys were yes. all over me constantly if I didn't do a segment in X number of months to get back on it, uh, to their credit. Um, and uh, Louie, you've been working behind the scenes now on this for a long time. It's a great day. It is. And and thank you for all you've done. Uh, you've been fantastic as, as your staff. When, uh, Linda, of course, and Lauren, when she was there, and now she's continued to work on these issues. But uh, really, Sean, it's a bit of, a, of an emotional day when you know these guys. And some of us uh, went and met with uh, Clint Rantz at uh, Leavenworth last month. And, uh, you know, thank God for Donald Trump. I, I just can't say that. Enough, these military guys were served up on the altar of political correctness when they were out there protecting their their brothers and sisters in arms. And also, you know, they'd answer the call of their country. This was no way to treat them. And the best thing that could happen is what we're talking about. You just set aside all of the findings so that it's, it's as if there was no finding, there was no court martial. And that is a great day. Yeah. And D- Don Brown, uh, thanks for all you've been doing. And then I think you've been doing all this pro bono with a lot of other attorneys. You know, these guys can't afford the defense that they need. Well, we 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 uh, we, we do it because we love our country. We love these guys, and uh, and I want to shout out also to UAP, the United American Patriots, UAP.org. They've helped us support a lot of lawyers in trying to fight these battles. But I want to not only thank you, all y'all, well, you three guys and Linda, I'm, I'm on a phone call with four of the greatest living Americans, and i got to pinch myself, but I do so all want to thank President Trump for making this a special day. You know, Sean, I mentioned this, but the 4th of July, President Trump was 
he may have been at his most brilliant with that great celebration. You remember the day that the Blue Angels were streaking over the uh, the Jefferson Memorial and Lee Greenwood singing "Proud to Be an American." The president issued a clarion call that day. It was almost like John F. Kennedy's "Ask What You Can Do for Your Country." He said. I want to encourage all young people to consider service in the United States military. And, Sean, there's no greater calling, really, of service to country. But, you know, we got to make sure that the commander-in-chief has our back to these young men. And by the brave and audacious move this president may be taking to sign this order to disallow, to disapprove the findings and sentencings in these court-martials, he's going to send a powerful message that if you shoot the enemy, we will no longer prosecute you. We've got your backs. You're not going to be sacrificed, the congressman said, on the altar of political correctnesses, and that Obama's rules of engagement are gone forever. This is a national security question. Our guys have got to know that the commander-in-chief has their back. This great president is about to do that, we hope, and we thank all of you for the work that you've done in bringing this day about. I got to tell you, this is Linda, you need to take a bow. Put your mic on because I'll just give the behind the scenes. Look, I'm, I'm literally gulping water every second of every day. And like if I if I went any extended period of time not being on this topic, hey, hey, you know, she's all over me. Um, And not that I didn't want to do it. It's just, I, you know, this was a real passion of yours, which, you know, brought you and Lauren all the way down to Leavenworth. I mean, Lauren, you know, went down, you know, literally in one day because she just had her baby girl. And Don and I were there together. And, you know, Pete's been going down regularly and Louie's been going down with Duncan. And, you know, this Justice for Warriors caucus is no joke. You know, this is the real deal. These are people that serve in Congress. And all three of these men have all served our country. So they know from where they speak. You know, it's really hard to give up your free time and not get paid and take time out of your schedule to go down and care about somebody else's life as if it was your own. But that's what these men have done because they gave their life to country and they see the same thing happen in these poor guys. And when I met Clint in prison, you know, and I, my, first of all, he looks like he's 12. And you're just staring at this, you know, baby face. And I'm thinking to myself, here's a guy who, when he gets out of Leavenworth, all he talks about is either running for Congress or going back into the military and serving his country again. God bless his poor mother, Anna. You know, her heart breaks every day. Her, her baby boy's in jail for doing what we asked him to do, which is to protect his fellow men and women in the line of duty. You know, so it's like this is all we can do. You know, I get this microphone. I get to yell at you on the mic and off the mic. It's my it's my duty. That's my pleasure and my duty. So and, annoying, uh, by the it's way. It's very but... annoying. It's I get paid to be annoying. You know, it's what I do. But, you know, everybody's well, doing their best here. So. Everybody. It was, this this is why I, I look at this in 364 days. It's it's an all hands on deck moment. And I hope this is just the beginning. I hope, you know, Pete, you've been all over it. Don, God bless you. Louie, we love you. Linda, Lauren, everybody. You know, like the, the election in 364 days is a tipping point. You know, we as a country... Our soul has got to be that we have the backs. We ask these young men to go fight. Yep. We can't put handcuffs on these guys and then throw them in jail if they didn't make the perfect decision. You know, Pete mentioned the Foggle War. I you you don't know. You know, I can't I can't even believe we second guess their decisions. You know, Louis, go ahead. Well, I can't help but think about uh, the fact that uh, under. Commander-in-Chief Bush, we lost about 600 precious military lives in Afghanistan in the worst part of the war. And then under Commander-in-Chief Obama, 
because of the rules engagement and, and prosecuting people like this, we ended up losing three times that many. And I was shocked to read a brief that said uh, from the World War One, World War Two, Korea and Vietnam, there were seven Americans convicted of war crimes in combat theaters. And in Iraq and Afghanistan, there have been 212. It shows how political correctness had done so much damage. And, and thank God you, you've you have promoted this the way you have, and now it's coming to fruition, and we just thank you. Thank you so much. Final word from Pete. Pete Hegseth, my colleague and friend. You know what? Absolutely. Thank you. But I'll tell you, I, I, I can't help but think back to during the Obama years. We knew the eight-digit grid to the headquarters of ISIS in Mosul. We knew where it was, but we wouldn't hit it because of all the layers and controls of what we could and could not do. President Trump comes in, and it's eradicated. And our guys are empowered to do it. And, and, and But any one of us could have been leading that. Because I could have been Clint Lorenz. I was an infantry platoon leader uh, in, in Afghanistan and in Iraq, in Iraq. But then I served in Afghanistan. Those, those, those last-second decisions, you can never, you've never planned what it's going to look like. Uh, so it's personal for the guys that have been there. Clint's a symbol of it, the beginning of even more stories that need to be told. Uh, but, it's, hey, let's take a victory lap on this because it, it is a reflective of values. Our country values those we leave behind on the battlefield and are wrongly accused. Kudos to everyone that's stuck with it on this because it's not popular to take this position. Oh, you're, you're backing up these guys. They made the wrong call. Who are you? You, you weren't there. You don't know what they face, and you don't know the viciousness of our enemy. So uh, it's the right thing to do, and uh, thanks for beating the drum, Sean. Last word, Don Brown. It's about putting America first, putting America service members first, and ending these rules of engagement of engagement forever that put the enemy's lives more important than American lives. I'm hoping that once Clint is free, that Louis and his colleagues at some point will take action to change the Unicorn Code of Military Justice so this foolishness doesn't happen again. God bless America. It's a great day for America. It's going to be a great Veterans Day. All right. I want to thank you all. Pete Hegseth, Don Brown, Louis Gomert. Lauren, Linda, and uh, all the people involved, too many to name, that made this day possible, and the president for sticking by these brave men and women. Quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Your call's coming up, 800 941 Sean. straight ahead. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We'll hit this on Hannity tonight. I don't know if you see what's going on in New York. You've seen the videos of police officers, you know, being literally assaulted and I couldn't believe when I when I was interviewing the comrade mayor of New York, de Blasio, it's now a fine if you say illegal alien the wrong way, which is the statutory language. It's the, the wording in the law. If you say it the wrong way, $250,000, they want to fine you. I'm, I'm waiting for them to come into the studio and see if I get arrested. Anyway, so you got the cops being doused with water and other things. We saw it happen in Philly. We've been seeing incident after incident in New York. And then we have these huge anti-cop protesters raging in Brooklyn over the weekend and, you know, turnstile jumping to facing cop cars. And then you got AOC ending mass incarceration means challenging a system that jails the poor to free the rich, arresting people who can't afford a two dollar seventy five cent fare makes no one safer, destabilizes our community. New Yorkers know that they're not having it and they're standing up for each other. Do you get this whole system? It's hate. She's talking about lawlessness and no order, no laws, no order, anarchy. And you got all these people turning out and now the cops, they're afraid to even get involved in this. And who can blame them? This begins Halloween night 
NYPD car covered with boxes, trash, eggs, onlookers shouting, taunting the police officers. You know, trick or trick or treat, MFR. Some cars sprayed with graffiti, FNYPD. I don't think anybody was saying that on 9-11 when those guys were going up the stairs to save lives. How quickly we forget. And that all bled over, you know, with the protesters. But, you know, as AOC's full endorsement. Anyway, so they uh, that that's where we now are. Cops, they're keeping a low profile. They're afraid. They are hesitant to engage these angry mobs because they know they're not going to be protected by Comrade de Blasio. And I said to him, I pointed out the video of the cops being assaulted. I said, will you tell the, everybody that we need to find every person that we have on video assaulting a police officer? That's felony assault. And that you'll be arrested. Oh, you don't have faith in the police. How about give them some some hope that they're going to you're going to have their back. It's unbelievable. Now we got congresswomen supporting anti-police protesting and, you know, what they're doing to these cops. Then you got the genius out in California, the governor out there, Newsom. He goes after uh, Donald Trump tweeting about, oh, yeah, there's 13 and a half percent state income tax. And they've got the worst poverty, the, the greatest number of people living in tents than we've seen in a lifetime in San Francisco, L.A. and everywhere in between. So his cute answer back to Trump, you're excused from this conversation for not believing in climate change. I, I, what was it's unbelievable. You got the New York Times ripping Obama's woke culture comments, comparing tweeting to global anti-apartheid movement. Isn't I mean, in a sense, Obama's right. You got these, you know, keyboard warriors in their underwear and they stay online all day. They're crazy. They're nuts. Absolutely insane. There was a high school coach suspended. Get this. You want to know why? New York high school football coach suspended for one game for allowing his team to run up the score on a fellow undefeated opponent last week. Oh, there's a reason. Guys, all right, we, we, we want, we're winning by too big a margin. Stop playing. Let them have a touchdown so this way it's closer and it's more fair. I love the hostility. Donald Trump is le- leaves New York. Goodbye. Good riddance. See you later. Okay. Tax the rich. Tax the rich. 1%. Pay close to 60% of the taxes in New York. One. 10 pay 75%. Well, okay. They're leaving. Tax and when the they rich, leave. Tax the rich. Tax the rich. We did. Now, God forbid the rich leave. Yeah. And then Cuomo, by the way, blame climate change for damaging floods in upstate New York, claimed that natural disasters didn't happen before climate change. He's literally claiming that we didn't have hurricanes before climate change. I'm like, OK, do you just reject science that completely? But that's how nuts the left is. This is this is going to be a hell of an election year. I'll tell you. Uh, All right, let's get to our phones. Uh, Let's say hi to Jackie. She's in Louisiana. Jackie, hi. Glad you're with us. Welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. Sean, it's just a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Thank you. It's all mine. What I'm going to say is going to be strange, but I am a deplorable, a proud deplorable. But when it comes to these polls, deplorables like to skew the polls. And they will tell a poster, yes, we're ready for impeachment. Because they believe that that's the only way that they're going to get the truth and that the media won't be able to hide the truth. The 
uh, fence riders in the Republican Party. They'll be exposed. We're going to see who the leaders are in the Republican Party. They want to do something. We want to do something. We can't go march in Washington, D.C. We live all over the country. That's why they can get so many of them in D.C. when they march. People from Louisiana can't go to D.C. and march. So this is what they're doing. They're, they're ready for, they don't want him impeached. They love him. Best president of my lifetime, and I love Ronald Reagan. But they're ready for the truth. And they feel like with the media, that's the only way it's going to come out. 364 days, Jackie. We get the final say. We get yeah, to shock. It. We get to shock the world again. And let me tell you something. They're all in. It is going to be every single day for the next 364 days. It is going to be a daily constant political war. They will say anything. They will use any dirty tactic. There'll be a million October surprises. There'll be outside interference. There'll be attempts to cheat. Everything has to be. We have to understand that if it look, we, we take in four trillion a year. OK, in 10 years, that's 40 trillion dollars. You don't have to be a math genius to say, oh, Elizabeth Warren's 52 trillion dollar Medicare for all, all plan. We can't afford. Never mind. It'll never work. And that, then another 96 trillion in the same 10 year period that we're going to spend on the new Green Deal. All of this is madness and it would destroy the country. You can't talk. Look, I, I've given up. There is no conversation that we can have with people that have made up their mind that, you know, if Donald Trump cures cancer, they're going to want to impeach him for curing cancer. We that you're not going to have an ability to convince those lunatics. But if we go by past historical norms, we're better off than we were four years ago by a long shot. Uh, Baghdadi's dead. The caliphate's dead. We now have the lowest unemployment since 1969. I'm listening to Biden this weekend. I'm like, he's lecturing Trump on the economy. He left us with 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. Well, Trump and the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. Really? We're going to get lectures from him and Obama. We got 7 million new jobs, 7 million fewer Americans on food stamps, millions out of poverty. The best job market since 1969 and the biggest beneficiaries of the president's successful economic policies are African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans and women in the workplace. They've benefited the most from all of this. Thank God. Now, the Democrats promise everybody everything and they deliver nothing. Keep your doctor, keep your plan, save money. How's that? How'd that work out for everybody? An unmitigated disaster. 37% of the country only has one exchange to choose from. Millions lose their doctors. Millions lose their plans. Millions also, you know, we all paid uh, on average 174% higher. What happened to saving $2,500 per family per year? That never happened either. These are false promises, outright lies. This is never going to, this is undeliverable. It is it is mathematically impossible for them to even fulfill 10 percent of what it is they're promising. So they'll create more false hope based on lies, propaganda. Listen, they are at war with 
with common sense policies of limited government, capitalism and freedom. That's it. We got to win the election. If you want to save the country, you got to go out and vote. And when I saw this weekend, thankfully, people are fired up, pissed off, and they see what's happening. They see what they are doing to this country. They also see what they're doing to a duly elected president, and they instinctively, they find it repulsive and repugnant. But they're never going to stop. You can't reason with them. you got to beat them at the ballot box. You've got to defeat them at the ballot box. That's the only answer. And that's what I'm telling everybody for the next 364 days. Beat them at the ballot box. If you don't, you're going to get the government, the disaster that we deserve. So there's a lot hanging in the balance here. Uh, let's go to Mike in New York. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, sir. What's going on? All right, I have a question. All right. Now, as we know, the Democrats are trying to impeach the president for anything, anything possible. They're going to try to impeach him. But the specific reason for this impeachment inquiry is because of the fact that they're saying that the president spoke to a foreign country about a political opponent. Right, well, now, I mean, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Listen, okay. what you have is Joe Biden. And I, I, went on, I right. won't go over it again. You have Joe Biden taking our tax dollars and saying, fire this prosecutor in six hours or you're not getting the money. If you if you fire him, you'll get the money. OK, why did why would any vice president want a Ukrainian prosecutor fired? Well, now we know, don't we? His dopey son, 49 year old son goes on GMA. No experience in anything. Well, why do you think you got the millions of dollars? I don't know. You think maybe because your dad's the second most powerful person elected official in America? Maybe they want they like the last name Biden. You think maybe they're hoping to buy favor from your daddy? Wow. That's not hard to figure out. You don't have to be a genius. And the mob and the media. This is why I say you have to. If you're a member of this club, the mob and the media, the Democrats, you have to take all objective truth, throw it out the window. All reason, all God-given common sense, and ignore it. You have to live the single biggest, most hypocritical life ever. Because you know, if it was Trump, they'd be unhinged. It's unbelievable. How do you, how do you have a reasonable conversation with somebody that is that nuts? You can't. You got to beat them. Now, Sean, my question is this. I mean, is, is Joe Biden technically technically a political opponent of the president at this stage no, of the game? No, no. The president has a duty to faithfully execute the laws. We've identified the laws. I'm going to lay this all out again on TV tonight. You can see yourself what the laws in play are. If it was Trump, trust me, everybody in America would know what laws are in play. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Michael, another Mike in Michigan. What's up, Mike? How are you? We had a great time in Detroit. What's going on, sir? Yes, sir. Hi, my family, my friends, my neighbors. We all watch you every single night on TV. Thank you. I appreciate it, sir. I, I just want to ask. All right. You're breaking up, unfortunately. Tom in Wisconsin. Tom, how are you? You're on the Sean Hannity show. How are you doing today, Mr. Hannity? It's a pleasure uh, speaking with you. Uh, pleasure's all mine, my friend. Glad you called. I'm a Wisconsin Trump voting Desert Storm military veteran. 
I have no shrapnel in my body. I am not on a, in my class A uniform. But if I would have sent one classified text message for the night vision goggles that I fixed in the military via email or text message to anybody, I would be in prison at Fort Leavenworth breaking big rocks into little rocks for the rest of my life. And I cannot understand how Hillary Clinton can even be walking the streets after what she did to her emails. I will. And I brought this case up uh, as I was speaking both in Chicago and Detroit this weekend. And it's so obvious, right? It's so obvious what would happen to us if or so obvious what would happen if your name was Trump and you replaced, you know, Joe Biden with Vice President Donald Trump and Hunter Biden's name is Don Jr. We all know what would happen. Anyway, glad you're with us. Thanks for the call so much. 800-941-SEAN. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, we are loaded. I mean, loaded up tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Devin Nunes, Carter Page. Uh, oh, Bernie Carrick, former NYPD police commissioner. He's going to join us tonight. Uh, Pam Bondi, David Limbaugh, Matt Gates, uh, Greg Jarrett, and Lawrence Jones from the rally with the president. 9 Eastern tonight, Hannity. News you won't get from the mob on the Fox News Channel. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.